Welcome to episode 7 of the Real Heal Holyfield podcast. This episode is the first episode in our inner child series, We Are Gardens, and I am wholeheartedly excited to bring knowledge and healing to people who have addressed that they were wanting to discuss inner child healing and figure out where they can start their healing journey. A lot of times when we discuss shadow work, we don't know where to start, but Addressing your childhood wounds is absolutely the best place to begin when trying to address becoming a better adult. A lot of people don't realize that what you experience as a child when it comes to emotional needs being met can sincerely change the path and the trajectory of how you interact with people throughout your life, including adulthood. A lot of our relationships are built on a traumatized inner child or a healed inner child. But I definitely want to explore the inner child through this series. This very first episode, Roses for Childhood, is an effort to transmute those feelings that many of us have about how we were handled and how we handle childhood as a whole. My, my co-host for this particular episode will be introduced, and I can't wait for you to hear her perspective on inner child healing while being a mother. We will also be discussing gentle parenting. Many people believe that corporal punishment or violent punishment is required for children to be disciplined. As preface, this is definitely the beginning of a journey into healing and doing a little bit of shadow work surrounding your inner child, which is one of the most important components of your true self. And I am honored to have my good friend and trusted colleague, Coco the Seer, aka Courtney, here to discuss some interesting topics that pertain to childhood and how childhood affects how we shape our reality as adults. Coco, I met Coco back in 2018 at a sip and paint, believe it or not, and it was definitely a divine timing moment because interestingly enough, I needed her as much as she in turn needed me. And now I definitely consider her a part of my tribe and a part of my soul sisterhood. And I am so excited that she's able to share. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. I'm excited. Listen, this is this is a touchy topic. And just to preface for everyone who needs a little bit of more information about Courtney, she's also a mother. So that is an awesome perspective that she's bringing as well. Um, Courtney, let's just jump right into it. What do you feel like the inner child is for you? Um, for me, I feel like the inner child is my playful side, the side of me that like yearned for like a sense of grounding as a child. I feel like my inner child has 
been through a lot and I'm sure we'll speak about it within the podcast but like for me inner child is all about like that raw side of self I do feel like it does have something to do with the raw side of self I also feel like a lot of us neglect our inner child because of the the emotional neglect that we had without knowing it was emotional neglect. Now, Coco, we're going to be talking on the level of being black because that obviously is what's important. (laughs) And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to devalue anybody else's experience, but we all know that as a black woman and as someone who was given a certain purpose, my purpose is definitely to uplift black consciousness. So I'm just going to jump right in there. I'm going to actually start by just reading the textbook definition of what the inner child is, because it's interesting that you use the words that you use, because it, it very much so pertains to your inner child. But according to the dictionary, the inner child is the childlike, usually hidden part of a person's personality that's characterized by playfulness, spontaneity, and creativity usually accompanied by anger, hurt, fear, and other side effects attributed to childhood experiences. So, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most people don't even know that's the full definition of what your inner child is. And the main reason I'm so invested in this series particularly is because so much of who we become as adults is centered around what our inner child reflects from our childhood. So I'm going to just put you on the spot. Let's get right to it. I know you are very open. Tell us yes. your current situation with your parents. Um, so currently, I feel like within my spiritual growth, like this current moment, I'm being pushed to the next phase. So my mother and I, our relationship is not where I would like it to be. And it it stems from like childhood and just different things that have happened in my childhood. And, you know, perspective is everything. So like what I perceived happened in my childhood would be totally different from my mother's perspective. Um, And I think that's where a lot of times as children, like we build up anger or we find that our parents are not relating to us because a lot of times, especially in the Black community, parents really don't want to hear or don't allow you the space to truly talk about your feelings. Like, I feel like we're given, we're kind of like more so told, like, this is how you should feel versus tell me how you feel. Um, So like right now, um, my mother and I were kind of the relationship she has one perspective of it and I have another and I think that with me pushing myself to heal and pushing myself to see my higher self it'll in turn make the relationship a lot better but like right now I live at home so like part of that will be like me getting out there and living on my own and seeing the world through my own lens, not through the lens of other people. 
Okay. Okay. Well, being transparent and sharing this space with you, um, my parents have been divorced since I was about nine, going on 10. And my mom is remarried to my stepfather and my dad is remarried. Um, And I do feel like my perspective is a little different from a lot of others. And I I talk about this all the time on here to to the listeners. I always tell them, my parents were together for, yes, they were. Literally high school sweethearts, grew up in the same town, situation like that. But I do feel like a lot of people assume automatically that the nurturing parent is going to automatically be your mother. And I feel like for me and you, we do share the same um, the same type of energy with our mother initially from childhood as that not being the case. Let's talk about that for a moment. So we know that in the Black community, so many households are single parent households. What is your experience with that? Um, so for me growing up, I grew up most of my like childhood with my mother and my maternal grandparents so it was like my mom's parents and us in the household together um and so a lot of times like it would be like my grandmother was working my mom was working my grandfather was working but my grandparents did a lot of like the nurturing and my mother nurtured me too but my mom did have to work a lot so a lot of times, like, we as children, we see it from a child's place and not from, like, we don't see everything our parents are doing. So it's like we make the assumption that they're not there or they're not really giving us all of what we feel like we deserve the whole time. Like, we're not given the opportunity to see all the ins and outs of a, of their daily lives, especially because my mother was a single parent. Like, even though we lived at home with my grandparents, she was still a single parent. So I feel like had I been shown, like, some of the struggles and some of the things that were going on behind the scenes, like, that would have allowed me to be more understanding as a child. <clears throat> okay. I, I understand that. I feel like a lot of people love to um, overlook the present parent when it comes to addressing how their parents, you know, handled them, how their parents nurtured them. So I'm just going to get right to it. Um, I've been having discussions for the last week about what abuse is and how abuse shapes and begins to shape the adult that we become. And a lot of people, (laughs) I've had a lot of positive and negative feedback from this conversation. Um, Particularly from men, I've had negative feedback. Some women have that same um, negative feedback, but as I mentioned before, you're a mother. So you, I know for a fact that you don't use, you know, physical discipline with your son. Tell me why. Um, so I don't do like the quote unquote like whooping or spanking now like a little tap here and there but like never like like hand pull back like spanking the kid I just feel like 
as when we were younger and we got spankings, what did it do for us? Like it put fear in us. It made us fear our parents to a certain extent. And I never want my son to fear me. And I feel like you can really make a child understand they're wrong without applying like physical force behind it. Like you don't need to whoop a child to make them understand you. A lot of times children, I feel like when we talk to our children and when we create that space of communication, it not only allows the child to develop their communication skills, but it allows you to understand the space that your child is resonating in. I agree. I used to be someone, you know, I don't have any children here in the physical. So I used to definitely be someone who felt like children needed ass whoopings. Like I used to seriously say that <laughs> out of my mouth. No, I used nah, to be like, for real. kids need they ass whipped. Kids need they ass whooped. But when I Not sit, for real. Yeah. And, and when I sit and meditate on it now, it really hurts my feelings that I was in such a hurt place that I thought that was a solution to bringing kids into a world that wasn't already meant for them. You understand what I mean? Like black yeah. kids have it the hardest. I don't care how you flip the donut. Um, so I had to sit there and realize, you know, what, what really did whoopings instill in me? I had to sit yeah. and look at myself and say, what did it instill? And when I'm honest, it instilled a lot of insecurity. It instilled me not being able to truly communicate my emotions because I was afraid to communicate my emotions. Because if we're being honest, most of the time when parents whoop their children, it's out of their own frustration. It's not the children who's upset. It's the parent who can't control their emotions. And they're like, you know what? You're frustrating me. Talking to you isn't working. I'm tired of talking. And whoopings come into play. And, you know, let me add to that because I am a very observant person. I'm an Aquarius, you know, like we overthink everything. And so I started to analyze, like, in the moments where I might have wanted to spank my son or, like, really apply that type of force, I was angry and upset and irritated. So like, why would I apply that type of force when my emotion is not coming from a place of love? It's coming from a place of anger. You know what I'm saying? So like, why? I had to really sit and think about like, why did I want to do this? Right. Why was the first, the first sign of irritation pushing me towards spanking my son? And then it just went back from childhood. And like you said, like when I was younger and I got spankings, I most definitely felt like, okay, well, I have to hide my emotions now. I have to, it almost makes a child sneaky. It almost makes a child feel like they have to be like made off somewhere lie. else. Baby, yeah, it makes you lie. lie. <laughs> it makes you, it makes you come up with all these creative ways of doing what you want to do. Um, so that you don't have to get that type of consequence. And I'm not saying children don't deserve consequences, but there's a, there are other ways to give your child consequences than just like applying physical force. And if we being honest, that type of behavior is like slave mentality because- Girl, I was gonna like, get into the, <laughs> the, the epigenetics of it because- um, just to inform you guys, epigenetics is the study of how genetics shapes future generations, right? 
And it's been proven by white scientists. You know what I'm saying? Let's just put that out there because people feel like whiteness is the standard. But anyway, it's been proven that trauma stays in your DNA and it and it's passed on through generations. So when we, especially in the black community, when we say that's some white folks shit, whew, let's unpack that though. Because being white has always served them the advantage of not having to experience violence, but inflicting violence on others, which in this particular case, if we take it back to slavery, you have to understand they were treating us like cattle. They were breeding us like cattle. It was an indiscriminatory act. And those things stay in our DNA and whether we believe it or not, those behaviors shape us into what we are now. And the black community right now is mentally just unstable. If we're gonna be very honest, we have people who are unaware of how they feel because they weren't taught to tap into those emotions. And I feel like, especially with ass whoopings, it's giving me overseer vibes. It's giving me oh my gosh, I don't feel like talking. So violence is how you learn vibes. But it's interesting that the people that I discuss this with as far as like parents and why they whoop their kids, I I had to put it in another perspective for them because what if me and you went to lunch, right? And I right. was in I was in a partnership and I came to lunch in shorts with welts on my legs. Now, I don't know about you, Coco, but my mom has whooped me to the point of me having welts on my legs. And I did have to go to school the next day. And I I wore, you know, pants, even though pants hurt because it's rubbing against your welts. Either way, if I showed up to lunch with you with bruises on my arms and a black eye and you asked me, sis, where the fuck, what is going on? And I tell you, oh, my partner, I said something my partner felt was disrespectful, so they whooped me. You would tell me to leave that man or woman. <laughs> yeah. You would look at me crazy. Like, are you, are you serious? They did what? They put their hands on you because they felt you were being disrespectful? Right. So it's shocking to me that people don't feel the same way about children. That scares me. How could I you agree. look at, at, at you? Because essentially when we think of children, that's a piece of you. And I know you have a son and you look at him, you're like, that's me right there. Like he's mm-hmm. a piece of me and he's my legacy. How can you look at your legacy in the eyes while you're destroying it? Yeah, because that's what it does. I don't care what anyone says. Every time my mom put her hands on me, it made me feel like this was a part of what love was. And that perpetuated the the abusive relationships I've been in with others and with myself. So when people tell me I got whooped and ain't nothing wrong with me. Yeah, it is something wrong. Because if you ask them, if you say, hey, do you have anxiety? Yeah, girl, my anxiety fucked up. That's something. Sounds like very much something to me. (laughs) You laughing, Courtney, but you know I'm serious. I'm so serious, though. Like, I'm laughing because I'm in agreement. 
like truth be told um like me as a parent I've watched my cousin parent her daughter and the way she parents her daughter is like so totally against the norm like in our family it's unheard of to parent your child that way the the amount of raw and open communication about any topic under the sun that she has with her daughter is really what pushed me to think outside the box when it comes to parenting my son and making sure that communication, no matter what it's about, is always there. Like you are your child's safe haven. You have to allow them the space to feel like safe and able to talk to you, especially when it comes to gaining knowledge about taboo topics. You don't want your child going out there getting information and the wrong information from the wrong type of people because you created this sense of fear when it when it stems to coming to talk to you about, you know, the taboo topics that we really don't really talk about in the Black community. And I know for sure, like, especially as a Black woman specifically, um, when I was a teenager, my mom was not remarried. She didn't get remarried until I was 22 years old. So um, talking about sex was something that was very scary for me with my mom, especially the fact that she was very much, my mom is a baby boomer. So she was very much like, don't be out here being fast and trying to trying to have sex and trying to be around boys instead of just genuinely saying, hey, Essence, there's way more to sex than what you think it is. Let me tell you, let me tell you what's what what the more is. Let me explain to you the emotions behind it. Let me explain to you the mentality behind it because not everyone is going to cherish you physically, mentally, or emotionally. And I feel like if she would have broke that down for me, even at my little age of 15 or 16, I would have been like, damn, that sounds a little... Mm, let me find out what my mom has to say about it because if I trusted her in the way that a daughter should trust a mother then a lot of the things a lot of the choices that I made I probably would have made different choices and I feel like we both have we both know those things um I agree literally like two I've been in two abusive relationships I've had two miscarriages I've been through a lot of like things that I feel like if I would have, if, if the stage was set correctly when I was a child, emotionally, I would have avoided those things because of the connection I had with my mom. But I feel like now at 30, almost 31, although me and her are definitely mending our relationship and we're trying to open those doors of communication, it's not the same as if we would have started off this way if that makes sense yeah I agree I think like you and I both know like we've talked about this before like all the time and I think the state that my relationship is with my mother I have the faith in it that it'll be it'll get better and simply because in the black community like having those tough conversations about the perspective of our childhood is very hard for our parents. And it's very hard for our parents because they weren't given the space to talk about the trauma that they faced. Exactly. They weren't given that space to really talk about how certain things in their childhood made them feel. 
you know what I mean? And so, like, just sitting in this space right now talking about this is making me realize, like, you know, our parents are really doing the best they could with what they were given. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of times we, especially me, and I speak for myself, like, we come to this space where we're angry and upset. Um, and especially me, cause you know, I got that Scorpio moon energy <laughs> and I'm super <laughs> emotional, but, um, and I always feel unheard. And I think that's like one of the ma- major things when it comes to childhood trauma, and especially in the black community, we are not given the space to really communicate our true feelings. So then in turn, we feel unheard. And then being unheard children becomes not knowing how to communicate adults and not really knowing how to tell somebody how we feel. And then it like triggers not having boundaries. Agreed. I was just about to say, and it it makes you not understand what boundaries are. And it's ironic because parents don't quite understand like, even though your child is a child and you are obligated to take care of them and meet their needs because they can't meet all of their needs themselves, that doesn't change the fact that this is a separate human being. This is someone Mm -hmm. who has fears, who has desires, who has likes. This is someone who's just learning the world and you're supposed to initiate them into the world. And I get it. A lot of Black people don't understand that because we weren't given that type of energy as children. That's why when I have these discussions on Facebook, although it can come off a little abrasive at first, I try to approach people with love because a lot of times they, they haven't received that from their parents the way they should. Just Mm -hmm. because your parents praise you now as an adult, let's think about how they talk to you as a child. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, um, like, I bring it back to my parenting skills. Um, I'll be the first to say parenting is hard. It's not easy. There's no rule book like they always, I know that's mad cliche to say, but it's really no rule book. And then when you're trying to, change how you parent like an entirely new generation from how you were parented it's even harder because as you're on your healing journey you're trying to unlearn and relearn habits all while trying not to (laughs) re-traumatize your offspring (laughs) like I think for me the biggest thing has been making sure that my son knows that the communication that he and I have is sacred to not just him but to me like anything he ever wants to tell me good or bad he can tell me without feeling like my mama's gonna go off on me or my mom's gonna judge me for x y and z I used to, and I feel like that's the premise of why I'm so private with my mother. Like, I know people see me post her sometimes and talk about how amazing of a mother she is because I wholeheartedly believe my mother is an amazing woman from her head down to her pinky toe. You understand what I'm saying? And I also have to acknowledge that my mother has unhealed trauma that got in the way of her being the love and the pure nurture that I I would say that I needed now I'm not going to take anything away from her because 
recently I had a coming to Jesus with my mom last year and we weren't talking for six months out of the year, which is crazy because I'm her only child. But in that six months, I learned so much about myself and the needs that I have that weren't met by her. And by learning those needs, I also was able to discover the things that I needed to work on for myself. My anger being the, the, the largest thing on the menu. And a lot of people think their anger is something to brag about. Your anger is hurt. Your anger is a big ball of hurt in your chest that mm-hmm. won't unravel. It won't unravel. You remember those big rubber band balls people used to make? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. It's That's what it is. Popping. You have to cut each one of those rubber bands one at a time to get to the core of what your issue is. And when I started cutting rubber bands, I started realizing, you know what? I need to love my mother. I need to love her through addressing my issues with her. I need to love her through this accountability that I'm bringing to her because she never had that opportunity to have that accountability address conversation with her own mother. And my grandma is still alive. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's always going to be something that keeps us separated because if she can't address it with her own mom, but I'm addressing it with her, there's a gap in the understanding, if that makes sense there's a gap and I'm not going to leave my father I'm not going to leave my dad out of it because although he was not there for me majority of my childhood he was there for me nine years out of my childhood which is what half if we're considering 18 to be an adult so the fact that I knew my father and he was my nurturer while him and my mom were married that's a part of the the resentment that I had towards him is you knew that you were the one who was my nurturer. You knew you were my safe haven emotionally. Because my dad, I'm I'm telling you, literally, I I think my dad only whooped me once in my whole life. And when he oh, did girl, my, <laughs> my father when he never. did, he mm-hmm. my dad told me when he did, um, he was just like he was like, I couldn't do it again. Cause I just, I had this connection with you and it's just hard for me to do that. And that's what made me realize as an adult, damn, the lack of that, that emotional security and connection is what, what caused my mother not to see how much she was hurting me by, by abusing me in that way. And I mean, there was also verbal abuse. Most black children experience some form of verbal abuse because that's just their parents talking to themselves. That's what we have to mm-hmm. realize. When people speak that negativity into you and tell you what you aren't and what you can't be and all of these things, they're essentially talking to their own inner child that had me needs that were unmet. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree, which is why, like, for me, and I think that's a battle. That's the battle of it all. Like you hear, you hear how your parents were to you as a child when you're parenting your children. So like a lot of a lot of parenting involves apologizing, especially like now, like in our in the new age parenting and how like we choose to parent differently and not try to create those trauma bonds with our children, but like 
truly apologizing, like genuinely meaning it because sometimes it happens where you are a reflection of your parent and some of the choices that you didn't agree with. And now you have to tell your, chi your child like, hey, I apologize. Cause that's not how I wanted to be perceived in that conversation with you. I didn't mean to yell my voice, yell, you know, elevate my voice with you. I didn't mean to come off aggressive because I feel like children are still learning. So everything you do, they're taking in and they're analyzing it and they're yeah. applying it. So if you are an aggressive person and that's all your child ever sees from you, what do you think they're going to be when they go out into the world? Or what do you think they're going to accept? when they right. go out into the world because Both. like you said Honestly. forgiveness I it took me so long to learn how to forgive myself I used to be so hard on myself just hard for no reason just like you you're just the way that I used to talk to myself and call myself names is no surprise the types of relationships that I was in um in my 20s because that self that negative self-talk was something that I observed. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was something that I heard. It was something I absorbed. And people don't realize that like when you hold grudges in your adult life, it's because you feel like you weren't forgiven properly as a child. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's crazy that you say that, that part about you weren't forgiven properly as a child. I think that, especially in the black community, we like to joke a lot, right? And we like to make everything a joke. Joking and comedy is how we deal with pain a lot of times. And in a Black family, you'll never forget your wrong because they don't either joke about it or make bring it up in casual conversation. Yeah. And so or, it's almost or like... put, ha, 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 you know I'm kidding. Are you Exactly. Joking? And it's almost like you're constantly have, having to relive something that you a lot of times wish you didn't do wish you didn't have to go through and it's almost like reliving the trauma over and over again and I think like we can we can say like oh this is how my family is or we can change the narrative and say hey when you constantly bringing up the things that I've been through or have done that you may not agree with this is how it makes me feel I don't bring up what you do so why do we constantly have to joke about what I'm doing with and my and life? The weird or what thing I've done? is, that's another reflection of the fact that we don't forgive ourselves because if one of my family members did this thing and people are joking about it, I found myself lately not finding that shit funny because at the end of the day, <laughs> it's, it's not funny. It's, it's like, it's hey, not. these things happen and you should be able to learn from those lessons and forgive yourself. I don't quite understand why well, I do understand now that a lot of a lot of that stems from the fact that that is a part of what a generational curse is Man. being unforgiving, being unforgiving is one of the worst things you can be being unforgiving to yourself and others literally is something that causes you to harbor all of those negative feelings and the trauma that you've been through and it doesn't allow you to grow and a lot of our families don't believe that they deserve to grow a lot of a lot of families feel like they like what you did is who you are for the rest of the time that they know that 
<laughs> dead ass. And I feel like we don't allow ourselves, like as I've gotten older, as I run through my spiritual journey, um, and as I like revisit the things that I thought I healed from, I'm realizing that I didn't ever give myself grace or the space to be in my emotions. Ooh, like if it, if it was a listen, if it was a negative emotion that I was feeling as a child, I had to suppress it because what did I have to be angry about? What did I have to be upset about? I'm a child, right? Wrong. And that's children sick. have emotions. It's they so do. Children, they have the same emotions we have as adults. The same ones. They just so don't how know are how you going to gonna tell your child they shouldn't be angry? They shouldn't be upset when that's a natural human emotion, whether you're a child or an adult. Girl, and the fact that the you tell that, them not to. The girl, way that our parents used to whoop us and tell us to stop crying before they give us something <laughs> to cry about. I'm crying because you hit me and I'm hurting because you hit me and my feelings are hurt because I love you and you hit me. And I feel like this is a betrayal of our love for each other. And as children, we don't know how to express that to our parents. We don't know how to say, you're taking a little bit of respect off of the notches of my respect for you because you know that I love you and you know that I have the capacity to understand but you're so frustrated that you resorted to the easy way out and abusing me listen so I like I said earlier I do not whoop Julian my son but there is a pop here and there but it takes me like so many steps before I even initiate a pop right and I mean for me this weekend was the end of that for me because I was like honestly the energy that your child gives you after you pop them or spank them or whatever it is that you do it's honestly not a good feeling to see that in the face of your child they feel betrayed they feel honestly betrayed and it, like, honestly, you know, like, when we were younger, our parents would say, it hurts me more than it hurts you. No, it doesn't. Then why are you doing it? Then why are like, you doing honestly, it? Because, honestly, okay, me, Courtney, listen. say me and you were having a, a conversation and an issue. And I was like, I said something that hurt your feelings. And you slapped me. Girl. I would look, I would literally look at you look and feel disbelief. so betrayed by you because honestly I thought we were I thought we were better than that I thought you cared enough about me to hear me out or at least express that you're open to hear me out our parents didn't really have the space for that and unfortunately the buck has to stop we're no longer in we're in survival mode in the case of how the world is treating us but as far as mentality and consciousness black people can no longer use the excuse that we don't know any better nah for real and honestly that the thing about it is i'm a person who stands on integrity right and i move in that way and so how can i talk about healing, talk about all these things surrounding like spirituality and growth as a person, yet I'm still mimicking the same things that traumatized me. I can't do that. So even in the moments where I may slip up, 
because nobody's perfect. We're not, we're all human. I may slip up and still do something that could be considered traumatizing. I have to go back within self and acknowledge that. I think a lot of the problem in the Black community is, especially our parents' generation and their parents' generation, the amount of, the lack of accountability. Like for real, for real. Nobody wants to take accountability for the trauma that was caused or for the fact that they didn't, they didn't try to change that. Like they just went with it because it happened to them. Like you, you, at some point in time, you have to wake up and you have to see like, okay, this hurt my mom and it hurt me. So I don't want it to hurt my child because I know what it feels like. It can't be a, well, that's just the way we are. No. How can you ever grow? How can you ever experience growth in your lineage if all you keep doing is repeating the same cycle? And people don't realize like your ancestors are here to guide you to be better. They want their lineage to be stronger. They want their legacy to be stronger than what they were. They did what they had to do to get us to this point. And it's our turn to do what we have to do to elevate the consciousness. I have met children and talked to children. People think it's weird that I'm so good with children. And I I think it's a little weird too. Anyway. (laughs) I don't think it's weird, girl. You know, I don't think nothing weird. (laughs) But kids understand way more than we think they do because we don't give them the space to show us how much they understand. If you tell your child, mommy is really sad right now. I I just need a little bit of time to rest. Your child is going to do everything possible to make you feel better. Hug you, lay with you, bring you food, give you one of their cookies. And you know I'm not lying because you're, in, no, you're that's a mother. That's you're right. a mother. So I when remember. they're acting out, mm-hmm. why can't we do the same? Why can't we say, you know what? What's wrong? Tell me what how you really feel. It's because we're not we're not activating our emotions in the way we handle people with love it's always survival mode and i think that's really the true the major issue in in our community is that like people are so stuck in the matrix that they feel like oh well i mean Cause even I said this today, like when our children go out into the world, they're looked at as threats. They're looked at as, you know, the the aggressor. So we try to instill in them, at, and even we were instilled that you got to go out here, and you got to act a certain way, you got to be a certain way, so that you come back home. You know what I'm saying? But that also creates a heart a hardening in our children and I just feel like the more we pour love into our children the more the world will have to acknowledge that love I don't care what nobody say like the gen- my, my my son's generation and beyond the more we pour love into them children the more the world will have no choice but to accept that because they're not going to take anything. I tell people all the time, the only way you can reach me is through love, straight up. If yeah. you're trying to reach me through my anger, you're not going to reach me. I'm not giving that to you. If you're trying to reach me through some low vibrational shit, 
those were lessons for me, but I'm no longer thriving in a low vibrational environment. You can't reach me there. And most people can't reach me because they haven't discovered that love within themselves to honestly and transparently move throughout the world. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when more of us, especially more black women start demanding that love in order for, for others to have access, that's when every, everything else falls in line, whether we want to admit it or not. Yes. We live in a patriarchal society, which is run by men, but men literally do everything for the attention and the affection and the energy of women. Mm -hmm. So as women, if our main requirement is the only way you can reach me is through love, then men then are it gonna, will force them. It will force them to show us that love. They're like, going to go to therapy. They're going to yeah. do some shadow work. They're going to be like, how can I act They're more? Gonna do how whatever can I be better? It takes, okay? They're going to do whatever it takes. And I think it starts with our children. Because um, if we think about it, all the, the generations before us are dying off. Like, I ain't trying to put nobody in a coffin right now. But I'm just saying, like, you're not people, lying, though. Like, people are dying off and new generations are being born. So with each generation, if you choose to pour more and more love into that generation, eventually all of this hate and bigotry will die off and there'll be nothing left but love. But people are so afraid and uncomfortable with growth that they cannot see past their present self. And truth be told, being present is really where it's at. But you have to at least get a glimpse of your higher self to know your true potential. What do you feel like is step one for someone listening to this podcast and, and realizing, you know what, I, my inner child is hurting. I'm hurting. What do you feel like is the first step to getting the healing necessary to start addressing and cutting the rubber bands from that big ball of wound up rubber bands? Honestly, um, now you could do one of two things. You could go to therapy or you could journal about the different things that you were traumatized by as a child. So like, I want to say about a year or two ago, I started journaling and I would just write letters to myself as a child. And as I kept writing nonstop, I realized that more and more things that were triggering to me started to surface within my journaling. And a lot of times we suppress so much that we don't realize all of the things that have truly traumatized and triggered us. So I think by acknowledging that and getting it out on paper and actually being able to see where the hurt comes from only then will you truly be able to heal. If you can't remember what hurt you because you suppressed it so much, then how are you going to even know where to start? Right. I feel like that, yeah, honesty is the first step. Accountability Mm -hmm. with yourself is the first step. I know for me, it was being hurt and betrayed by the people that I felt were closest to me. Um, It made me take an inward look like what what am I allowing and what am I doing Mm -hmm. that 
allows this type of energy around me where I always end up getting disappointed? What do I need to address with myself in order to avoid this type of hurt and disappointment? Now, granted, we're always going to get hurt by something or disappointed by something because no one is perfect. But the level of disappointment that I used to go through is nowhere near the level of disappointment that I'm, you know, I have in my life currently or chaos in my life. So if you're living a chaotic life, that's a big indicator that you need to look inward and start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But what, give me, give them a piece of advice as a parent to address how they raise their children in a better sense. Give someone a step one, if they were looking at their parenting skills and saying, you know what, what she's saying is very valid. Where do you feel like someone would start as far as being able to get closer to gentle parenting their children instead of using abuse as a disciplining tool? I think the first step is acknowledging that it's not going to be easy and that it's something that you have to, truthfully, you have to unlearn that type of parenting because especially if you grew up that way, it's already within you to parent that way. So you have to be like gentle and give yourself the grace and know that even if it doesn't happen tomorrow, you can still like obtain gentle parenting skills if you continue to apply the pressure. Don't give up because it's hard. Just keep going because you know you're doing it for the greater good of your child. I agree. Oh my goodness. And I feel like a lot of people stray away from therapy and I completely get it because especially in the black community, it's not something that we discuss often. It's not something that we promote often. And honestly, being truthful, um, it's not easily accessible by most people. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel like if therapy isn't accessible to someone? What other things because I feel like there are so many resources and and people out there um and I know there's going to be licensed therapists who are like this is not don't tell them to go to someone (laughs) unlicensed listen we're not saying don't go to therapy y'all we're really not saying that and I'm not saying that having a therapist having a licensed therapist is not an amazing thing because they did go to school for it but I know a very, a, a whole lot of spiritual therapists who are amazing. And my friends are amazing. I talk, Coco is literally my therapist. I have my therapist <laughs> on the line with y'all right now. Nah, but I would encourage people to find those resources and find people who support the direction they're going in. Um, and truthfully, I have a friend who she's in therapy right now and her therapist is like a spiritual person and she approaches the things of, you know, the trauma and the things she's been through in a way where she can relate to. Um, so I think, and I don't know if this is going to be your question to me, but I think the first step in that, like is surrounding yourself with people who are on a similar journey to you. Like whether it be y'all are spiritually aligned or it's for the greater good of self, you need to surround yourself with those types of people. People that actually have 
goals and ambitions and who are wanting to heal themselves. I think what attracted you and I um, in our friendship is the fact that we were so hell bent on healing and becoming healed black women. Like we knew that we didn't want to carry this trauma into parenting and partnerships and friendships. We knew we couldn't do that. We would be doing the community a disservice if we ignored the fact that we needed healing. And I think, like you said, I'm your therapist, but we're each other's therapists. All of the girls and the women in my circle who I have surrounded myself with, we all have the same goal to heal and live life and live this journey to the highest ability that we can and from a healed space. That is so beautiful, but it's so true. (laughs) It is because I feel like so many times, and, and lately, let me just say this, lately I've seen a lot of Black men expressing that they aren't heard and their emotions aren't heard. And I wholeheartedly, especially Black men, feel like having a platonic friendship with a woman is always beneficial. And I feel like mm-hmm. having platonic friendships with men always beneficial. Because for 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 us as women, we're always encouraged to embrace our feelings in a way that men aren't. So I do believe that Black men do need a little bit more latitude. But I also feel like as leaders of the community, take some initiative. Don't just point the finger at people not accepting your emotions when you're not addressing the toxic patriarchy amongst the Black community where you're hyper-masculating everything. Everything is hyper-masculine and then you expect on the other end to tap into your feminine and touch onto your emotions. Let's leave the floor open for everyone to be emotional because I feel like a lot of times, especially in the Black community, Black men don't leave the floor open for emotions to be on the table, much less for women to respect their emotions when they don't respect their own emotions within their own brotherhood, if that makes sense. No, it does. And to be honest with you, I'm going to just shout out Black men that are truly willing and open to healing because a Black man in his vulnerability to me is not vulnerability at all. I think it's a beautiful space and a beautiful sight to see. It's and sexy. I think that it is, it really is like, especially because when they're vulnerable, it allows us to see that truth be told, the world hasn't hardened them as much as we think. I think a lot of Black men are vulnerable and they just were in the wrong space of showing that vulnerability. And that all goes back to boundaries or whatever. But I just want all Black men to know that we love a vulnerable Black man. We do. And a a truly vulnerable Black man. Yes. Don't play vulnerable just to get some coochie. (laughs) Yeah, don't play vulnerable just to get, because I I, I have found that a lot of men will play a role of healing or play a role of vulnerable just to get around the energy of a woman who is actually healing and elevating, because that energy feels good, let's not lie, being around that energy feels good, but we need to start, 
women and men need to start being more authentic with what they really want and need in every situation that they go they step into because without that accountability it's nothing honestly and the fact of the matter is we as black women are constantly evolving right like we we're taking off on this healing journey so we're gonna call you out on your bullshit when you're trying to play us with the fake vulnerability it's just not going to work Lately in 2022, (laughs) but in 2022, specifically these last few months, I have noticed black women especially are not accepting that bare minimum bullshit. A lot of black women are tapping into their inner child for real. No, they're tapping into their inner child and they're realizing Mm -hmm. these needs that I have went unmet as a child. And that is why I'm accepting less than the bare minimum now. I can no longer accept bare minimum behavior I no longer can accept bare minimum energy because when I was a child getting less than the bare minimum emotionally left me feeling abandoned it left me feeling rejected it gave me anxiety those are things I no longer speak to I no longer have those things because I'm not allowing that I'm above those things because I'm not accepting that from anybody, friend, lover, family member. You can at, call my mama right now. I'm not going for it. I'm not. We will cut it. I'll cut everybody off about my piece. I agree. And, and I, I feel like, like Black women are getting back to that. We're literally mm-hmm. getting to the point where we're like, this is what we deserve. And we know we deserve. We know. And I think that's the thing, like. It's taken a lot of us so long to truly see our worth and see what we deserve. And now that we've gotten like a taste of that, we don't want to, in a sense, allow anybody to come in and tell us what we deserve because now we didn't already figured it out. So what are you going to do in that space to meet me where I'm at? Because I'm not, I'm not coming down there. You will have to meet me where I'm at. Girl, you're going to have to rise to the occasion, whether exactly. that whether that looks like going to therapy, whether that looks like journaling, whether that looks like just taking a real look at yourself and saying, you know what, when I was a child, these things were unmet for me. And that's why as an adult, I feel like living without these things are okay. But these things are causing me to feel unwanted and emotionally broken. If you're mm-hmm. emotionless, if you're saying fuck love, all I want is money, something's wrong. Something very much wrong. Is very much wrong. Very and much something. <laughs> very much something. And people think I'm crazy for saying that, but I know that something's wrong because I used to be the pretty trapper and I no longer claim that moniker because I had to realize trapping ain't gonna save you from looking at yourself in the mirror. Oh, a word. A word. Money's it's not bad. gonna save you from feeling from laying down at night and feeling abandoned by everybody in your life. And empty inside. And empty inside. Money doesn't change that. I don't care. You can take me on the nicest vacation to St. Lucia. And if I'm hurting and anxious inside, I'm gonna carry that with me. Because mm-hmm. you carry your inner child with you. And honoring your inner child is so important and people don't realize the importance of honoring 
your your inner child and that is absolutely crazy to me it's really crazy this week's book of the week is a book that highlights your inner child and also gives you in-depth look at how you can actually address your inner child on a personal level it's called it didn't start with you by mark wolin You guys let me know what you think. Don't forget to follow the podcast page on Instagram at Real Heal Holyfield. Also, if you want to follow me, your amazing and illustrious host, my Instagram is at the.essencesantriel. If you also want to set up any type of spiritual therapy sessions, or if you'd like to connect with me on any other platform, make sure to check out my website, EssenceSantriel.com.